Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. We're rolling, baby. We got ourselves a blower outside. The guys are mowing Father Olaf's yard. And uh, Goble's on his phone. I have my notes on my phone. But you know what? It's okay, because I got cheddar, jalapeno, crunchy Cheetos in my reach. And they're amazing. Should we introduce our guests? Guest audience? We have two longtime listeners, first-time callers uh, here with us today. One is a local. The other is uh, a transplant for a time. One day we hope he's local. So we have Father Stephen Akers, whose anniversary of priesthood it is today. Hey. Three years. Let's have a Cheeto in his honor. Hmm. One. It's a shorty. Yeah, you wish. And the other guy. Father Joseph Lejoie, my housemate. Hello. They've been cohabitating for several months now. Yep. We have a uh, strict policy of um, <laughs> one of us comes downstairs Easy. and uh, loads the um, coffee. We, uh, we use a Keurig at the, um, at the uh, what's this? I call it South Household. Is there a name for it? That will have to do. We got to come up with the name. South Household. They use a Keurig, and uh, I usually get down there first. I load my coffee, brew it, sit down, and then Joseph goes to the Keurig machine, takes out my used container, throws it in the garbage, and then makes his own. Ah. Because I usually forget to take it out. And, then and he's never corrected me. Yeah, he's never dirty, corrected me. Dirty water. That's a true brother. That's right. Long suffering and patient. Well, this podcast is Catholic Stuff You Should Know. This is Father John and Father Nathan. Hello. With our compañeros uh, from Denver and uh, from the west side. I don't know what you're going to call that house. Monterrey. And Monterrey. And uh, yeah, we are uh, we're rolling out and the yard is being mowed. They can probably still hear that in the background. Yep. Thomas Merton once said the demon of this age is noise. noise. So yeah. we are just accompanied by... Um, these very fastidious workers, they literally started working about like 10 minutes ago and the entire yard is pretty much mowed. Anybody think that guy looked like Steve Sale? Did you see the guy doing the yard? The guy who's Vietnamese? Yeah. Nope. Like a Vietnamese version of Steve Sale. Nope. Didn't see it. I didn't see it. Why don't you have a Cheeto? No, I'm good. You can only imagine. Nope, we're not doing that. Okay. So, uh, Father Nathan and I are going to talk today about uh, relating well with women. That's going to be our topic. No. Actually, uh, nope. Nope. Two, uh, two separate listeners said, one said, quote, Father John and Father Nathan need to see a marriage counselor. Yeah. And then another kid, who I'm going to give a shout out to later, said, you seem to be really angry about that podcast. And he is seven years old. <laughs> Seven. It's a perceptive seven-year-old. Yep. Oh. No, it's good. We're moving it's on good. to different things. You know what? This is like uh, you just get it, you get it a little raw sometimes with Catholic stuff. That's right. And uh, these things talk. are not all worked out. And uh, you know that's why we're doing it. So, but we, we got a great we got a great great week uh, with some major accomplishments. Uh, most importantly, we did two. Tim Danaher is now. Oh yeah, father. Tim, yes, Danaher. Yep. Instead of the BDTD, he's F- FTD. <laughs> FTD. That's right. Yeah, that's true. So, Father cheers Danaher. to Father Tim. So, Father Tim, 
is uh, Vienna in forever. Yeah, he's he's the man. Dominican Eastern Province, they got another good one. So they have many. They actually have quite a lot of good ones, and uh, he is uh, one of them. And then the other one is Molly Tynan graduating with honors from Benedictine College, and she won this award, like Greatest Student in the Universe Award kind of wow. thing. Wow. I, I should look up the actual name. Congratulations. Matt sent us the link. He did? But, yeah, or maybe me. Maybe just you. Yeah. And Steve Akers, you get that link? No? Nope. Yep. I'll look it up. You start talking about something else. Because we need to actually honor her in a real way because she yeah. produces all these podcasts, especially when we record them last minute. Actually, it was funny. So this seven-year-old, his uncle was at the baptism, and he goes to Benedictine College. And I was like, why didn't you come to the, uh, why didn't you come to the, the talk we gave? And he's like, I just must have had other plans. It was probably a weekend. I was just busy. And I was like, nope, it was during the week. You're a liar. And I was like, did you see the people do the dance on the 21st day of September or the 24th day of September? And he's oh, like, busted. And he's like, oh, yeah, I did see that. I was like, then you could have made the talk. Fran Jabara Award. Fran Jabara. Fran Jabara. That was my third guess. Oh, is that the sequel to Jumanji? <laughs> Fran Jabara. So at the commencement in 2018, Benedictine College gave three Fran Jabara Awards to graduating seniors, probably given by President Snow, your old favorite. Yes. Which is actually funny we say that. President Menace, who doesn't listen, but many people who know him do listen. And they will tell him to listen, and he will. And you called him President Snow, and he was rolling laughing because he's yep. a humble man. But actually behind you actually is the man who looks like President Snow. Steve if he Akers. had, yeah, if he had a white beard. If he had a white beard. When you, when you have a white beard, it will happen, Steve. Do you agree with that? No? You're kind of... Sheepish about it. That's okay. Yeah, I agree. Sutherland. He looks like a Sutherland. The Donald. The Gregorian Institute promotes Catholic identity in public life by forming new leaders through the Gregorian Fellows Program and informing mm-hmm. leaders through the Gregorian Speech Digest and this website. Okay. Fran Jabara is for ex- exemplary leadership skills. Yeah. Molly Tynan, we salute you. She does have that. You're awesome. Same with Ann Lynn, who lived with Katie Roberts. Yes. And William Keese. William Keese. Sounds like Aurora, Colorado. Really? Oh, yeah. Cheers to the... To William Keese, local boy. Anjabara. Wasn't that the name of a restaurant on Colorado Boulevard? Congratulations on your Aunt Jemima award. Kind of a mediocre Asian restaurant. What place? Aunt Jemima. (laughs) Sounds about right. No. Congratulations on your Mrs. Buttersworth award. Speaking of Buttersworth, Jackson started calling himself Mr. Butter. Did you know? Or Father really? Butter. Yeah. Oh, He's I going like, by Father Butter. I like that. This is my nephew. So I got feedback. Someday he can be Bishop pod- Butter. From that podcast. And it was not, you guys need marriage counseling. It was, we want to hear more about Jackson <laughs> saying mass. And I was like, okay. Yeah. That's really cute. But he goes by Father Butter now. And he makes people introduce himself as Father Butter. I was like, where does he come up with this stuff? So Brilliant. Probably listening to the podcast. True. Runs in the family, though. It's it's strange. We um, need to pull those Cheetos away from him. I have a problem. I'm powerless. Here, Joseph, you take these away. I should be the one eating those. I had a very unsatisfactory Chipotle meal today. You know what? That hurts. That, that hurts, that man. That does hurt. We need counseling. <laughs> okay. I have ordered the same thing at Chipotle for 20 years. Well, can you can you give the order? Absolutely. Well, it used to be a burrito. But now and then my metabolism slowed down. Yeah. So now it's a burrito bowl. With a tortilla. On the side. <laughs> totally different. 
totally different. <laughs> it makes you think like you're not actually gaining those extra thousand calories from the tortilla, but right. White rice, white rice, pinto beans. Okay. Chicken. Pico de gallo. Yep. Scoop of green. Scoop of green. A little sour cream, which they never actually do. Yeah, they didn't do sour cream this time. No, I mean, I say I'd like a little sour cream. Oh, it was they a lot. never actually do. Yep. A little sour cream. Cheese and lettuce. Sorry, our sound system screwing up. Yeah, that's it. It's amazing. I've had it literally every time, except for one time, Ryan Kent peer pressured me into getting steak. Steak and I've is regretted garbage. It. One of the there. great, one of the greatest regrets of my yeah. life. Stay strong on that. That's one. That's the only time I have ever varied in twenty years of eating Chipotle. I will say, Can that, you, yep, yep, you received that. I received, and it. then you just put that out there. Put I that just, out there on the internet. It was just kind of bland today. Did you think it was super good? I always think it's super good. But like today, did you think it was exceptional? Listen, man. I'm going to say something that's going to piss you off. I live in Rome. I don't get Chipotle. Go on. I come back for the summer. True. I eat as much Chipotle as possible. Right. And I love every minute of it. Yep. I'm grateful for what I have. Right. Congrat- I have an attitude of gratitude. <laughs> can, I, can I tell them what I did last time? Yeah. Chicken quesadilla. Right. With sour cream on the side mixed with green salsa. It was so good. Dipping it in there. I want to someday introduce you to the barbacoa. I don't know if I'm ready for that. The barbacoa is a wild, wild strain. Listen, man, when you're in your youth, you fall in love. Right. And you've, you've, drunk, if, you, if you vow yourself wine. to that youthful love, yep. no matter what happens to her over yep. the years, Gomer. you stay with her. Yep. You've and got, I'm with her. And the, I'm not going barbacoa. The Gomer I'm sticking. Odor. I'm sticking to that chicken bowl. Yep. I right. told her, I said, no more of this burrito stuff. See, then I get garbage for ordering corned beef every time. And well, then it's not good. I don't complain about my. The order. problem is we don't go to the same place. When we go to snooze, I always get the Steve, corn can beef. You come over here for so a second. No, Steve, yeah. stay where Steve, you are. Why don't you come over here, Steve? Okay, Steve, why don't you sit next you're to allowed me, Steve. to sit, Steve. Now, Steve Akers, we're Father, way Father over Steve. on banter. Please, Father, no, we're only, oh, we are at ten minutes. Father Steve Akers is here, and uh, I just need a little. We need a little input of rationality, and he'll provide that. Wait, Father Nathan, first how question. Long, no, first question. What is your Chipotle order? Uh, I get, Barbacoa. I get a burrito. I uh, usually get white rice, black beans, and steak. Ooh. I know. Yeah. And uh, then I get the hot salsa, uh, uh, corn, cheese, yeah, lettuce, and guacamole. And then I watch them struggle to try and wrap that burrito and yes. kind of, you know. The meat uh, diaper. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. That's my order. Wait, did you have a question for him? I did. Okay. How many times have you heard Father Nathan go to a breakfast place and order corned beef and hash? Uh, I believe, well, I, I recall two successful orders. Thank you. In around. <laughs> I didn't ask successful. I asked for well, how many times total? How many times? Well, well yeah, I, would, I recall two times he's actually ordered it and then... And uh, I have the microphone. I get to finish my sentence. And and another time specifically where he said, no, no, he chickened out. He did because he didn't want to ruin his whole day and everybody else's day. Right. Um, So cooler heads were prevailing that day. I never should have asked a Californian for this. I'm trying to get down to the point, which is to say you always go in with this optimism. Yes. Towards the corned beef and hash. Yes. And what did the server tell you? 
It's salty. <laughs> it's salty. That was you his, said. That, that was you the asked only, him, no. "How is the corned beef and hash?" And I was like, yeah. "Oh crap! He's going to do the same yep. thing, which he's going to order it, and then he's going to be pissed off for the rest of the day." Yeah. And you asked only the waiter, part of the day. You asked the waiter, "How? What is the corned beef and hash like?" And he said, "Salty." He goes, "Oh no, it's really good. It's salty." And I was like, "Oh no!" I'm like, oh gosh. Yep. So, anyways, yeah, they had was, an exceptional presentation. Somehow, they made it look exactly <laughs> like the throw up that my cat does when she eats her own hair. And cat food. I think that's unfair to Princess Buttercup. <laughs> Her name is Princess Tiger Lily. <laughs> Anyways. All right. All right we're, we're over banter. You know okay? what? We're over banter. People are sick of the I was banter. very grateful that you ordered my Chipotle today. Yeah. I affirm you. I don't feel affirmed. I don't feel loved. I affirm you. What does this fall? What, what category in the focus actually would this fall under? Problem Chipo- solving. Chipotle burrito should be a separate category, don't you think? Problem solving, probably. Yeah, that's true. Um... It was funny. I was leading a focus test once. This is the marriage inventory where like you try to get the couple to work through some of their issues. And uh, the the husband put an answer and the, the wife put an answer or the fiance or whatever. And uh, and then when I when I said to them, uh, so you responded this, you responded that. And the question was, um, I don't value my future spouse's opinion. And he goes, <laughs> and he goes, he goes, did you put no on that? And she goes. Uh yeah, and he goes. That was a mistake, right? Because I mean, I listen to you. And she goes, "Yeah, you do." And I go, "He goes. Well, then why did you put that?" And she goes, "It must have been a mistake." And I like just sat there and watched <laughs> this, and I was like, "Do you want to deal with this now or like twenty years later when you're in marriage counseling?" He's like, "What?" I was like, "You absolutely don't value her opinion." And then she kind of like he kind of looked at her, and she goes, "He's right." And he was just like, "What? What?" And I was like, "What a bozo." I love this. I love it when you use personal examples because they're going to listen to this or their friends are going to listen to it. Somebody's going to put they this don't know together. Who they are. So. Brian and Haley Kenny are getting married in a week. Your focus inventory was amazing, by the way. So if nobody was, knows what we're talking about, the focus inventory is part of the, it's one of the components of marriage preparation. Right? That's right. As I tell people, you take a scantron we're not, exam. We're not, into, we're not into compatibility tests. If compatibility tests were true, I'd be with Carrie Ware or Katie Folk. <laughs> you wish, Katie Folk. That's not... Shut up. Dude, we were 75% compatible according to the Valentine's Day compatibility test in seventh grade. This is before technology, though, oh, so yeah. we have to question it. That's so, why I... No, the focus inventory is where you take a scantron of your relationship and people look at you like, seriously. But it's quite helpful. It's very helpful. Helps you work through problem solving we should do at it. Chipotle. We should do it. No. I don't think so. Actually, I think that would be really funny. Okay. Allora. Let's go to, to the, the topic. topic. <laughs> Folks, say a prayer. There's a chance that uh, Wayne Manor is actually going to be painted Gotham. Gotham. Gotham is one of the colors that's on the that's on the proposed tablet, the um, Along palette. With second Honeymoon. Second Honeymoon is an option, but not held out by few. Right. Anyhow. We are going to the topic. Do you want Steve on this? Yeah, they can. Joseph actually had some really good points on this. So, What do you mean, actually? What does that mean? Well, he's actually seen a lot more of these, these things that we're going to describe than I have. All right. Just curious. Here we go. Father Joseph Lejoie has a Netflix account. I'm very grateful for that because I have a policy. Are we doing Stranger Things right now? Maybe. Oh, my gosh. Would you please just let me introduce All the right, topic? Sorry. Why don't Instead I give the mic to Steve? Okay, hang on actually, a second. I'll just pretend really interested, and then all of a sudden it's just like, 
Oh, uh, oh, we're so doing we're, we're doing Mariology according here. to Balthazar. That's so fit. weird. How did that happen? You got to throw Balthazar under the bus. I don't throw Balthazar under the bus, but I'm leading up to the topic. Can you hand me those Cheetos, please? This is no, worse. don't. Father he can jo- sit over by me. Father Joseph, here you go. Hello. This is Father <laughs> Joseph Lajoie, one of the companions, longtime listener. Minutes. I'm just introducing. We're now segueing. Yes. He's got a good radio voice. He does. Sultry. Sultry. Radio chocolate. Did you say sultry? Sultry. 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 <laughs> he said sultry. Anyways, sultry is what we pray for morning. John prayer. has a capacity for a lot of words. So. Yes. Right. You're the one who gave him the microphone. Why don't you give yours to Steve? I said he Stephen could. No, I'll he could sit over by me. Okay. Father Joseph Lajoie has a Netflix account. Father Nathan has a policy that he's not allowed to get a Netflix account. Right, Why? This is called enabling. Why? Because you have a problem. I have a problem. That's true. I would watch pretty much anything. Right. When I got bored, uh, I used to watch Lifetime television and just make up (laughs) words for them by muting the television. Okay. So like I knew that if I had Netflix, it would be like giving, you know, crack to an addict. So I said no. But Father Joseph Lajoie said, hey, would you like to watch Stranger Things? And Father Brian Larkin, many of you know, loves Stranger Stranger Things. Things. Flow or whatever, mornings are for coffee and contemplation. He loves that line. Right. And he's watched all of the thing, and he had a big watch party, all of that. And I was like, that sounds really cool. 80s reference, fat kids, up my alley. We've been telling you for three years, you're like Dustin. Two years. Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Right. We watched the show two yeah. and a half years. I'm now Dustin. you finally got on board. You're Dustin. Yeah, I'm Dustin. But you didn't watch it. For two and a half years. Because I didn't have a Netflix account. You guys never invited me to watch it when you were watching the first episode. You need to understand that we don't just, you don't just like watch it. Like you're thinking 90s Oh, we do. No, we watch. You binge it. You binge it. Yeah, you binge it. You watch it in like a six hour period. Yeah, but I mean, you guys were already ahead of the game, so I couldn't just insert myself at the beginning. How'd you feel about that? It's like watching watching episode one of Blossom, okay? You (laughs) feel like you're part of the family. I'd like to point out that uh, I remember listening to Larkin. Joey? We were on a marriage prep retreat with all these like hipster Mm 20-something millennial couples, and he starts talking about Dawson's Creek. Like that was like his big example, and I was like, eject. We need like a code word when guys start using 90s references. This is us is is the new Dawson's Creek. Ah. Like, Like this episode is sponsored to you in part by Kleenex and... I don't know, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Because most of the women that are watching this are just like, oh, that's so beautiful. Okay, back to the topic. Sorry. (laughs) This is 20 minutes of banter. seriously just a shot across the bow of Sinead Zaleski. I love you. (laughs) You're going to pay for that. I know I am. In the next spiritual direction. Anyways, so Father Joseph Lejoie had this, and we watched the first season. Amazing. Very good. I am not going to go into Stranger Things. But last night's episode, because we're in episode six of season two, was especially uh, scary. And I do not do well with scary movies. Have I ever told you the story about uh, Silver Bullet? No. When I was, okay, my mom got married again after my dad to this guy, Scott. He had uh, kids by the name of Shad. The kid's (laughs) name was Shad. Like the fish. The rapper? Oh. Shad. No. Oh. Yeah, that's Chance. Uh, he's probably sultry, too. 
Anyways, so Shad. I'm going to look up Shad right now. You, Yeah. There's Shad, children who listen to this podcast. Shad decides it's a good idea for me at the age of like <laughs> six or seven to watch Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet is a werewolf movie. Okay. I'd never seen a scary movie before, and I was not about to watch that. I got scared at Gremlins, okay? But, like, this was, like, a legit horror film. Shad, Canadian rapper. Suck it. (laughs) Seriously? Yeah. How do you know Shad the rapper? Because of Tyler Lynch. Continue. Anywho. Yep. God, you are such a Point one. Can I keep going? Why does he have to be so hurtful with his words? See, this is why we don't invite people so that it's, it's, it's a slow of language. That's right. Yep. Okay, continue. You're already at are 20 sure, minutes. Are you sure you don't want to do the focus test? I think it would be really helpful for us. I don't know. That's kind of a scary thought. Okay. And, and, and a focus. little bit creepy, man. Pay attention. All right. We're good. All right. So we watch Silver Bullet. Silver <laughs> Bullet's this werewolf movie. I tell myself the whole time, werewolves are not real. Werewolves are not real. Okay. I know werewolves aren't real. But there are three things in there that are real that scared the crap out of me, okay? One, recycling. <laughs> the, the kid goes to the recycling place, and that's where the werewolf is hiding. So I tell myself, I'm never going to recycle because that's where werewolves Which hide. I can testify, 30 years later, he still doesn't. I live to them. For the most part. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's because my maintenance guy said, you're into that crap? Yeah. And I was like, well, saving the earth? Yeah, I guess I'm into that. Anyways. Um, two. Recycling one, two, uh, disabled people. The kid in the in the in the is story. The, he, we got to ask the Californian. Is that the politically correct uh, phraseology? It was in the mid eighties. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Handy capable, whatever. Okay. I don't go know ahead. what is there. Seriously, a word? People with physical disabilities experiencing. People experiencing... Phys- I'm not going there. Okay, Steve doesn't want to do it. He's California. Okay, people with disabilities because the kid is in a wheelchair and he's running away from the werewolf and I'm like, there is no way that I'm going to be next to a person in a wheelchair when a werewolf attacks. So literally from seven years old, I was like, I'm scared of disabled people. Three, Protestant ministers. Because, spoiler alert, the werewolf is the Protestant minister. Yeah. And then he ends up going after the kid and, you know, whatever. They end up shooting him with a silver bullet. Game over, right? Horror films. We've set the stage. You're explaining a lot about yourself. No, I'm your childhood. Giving, here we go. Yeah. Here's the topic. Okay. Horror films. What's your take? What's my take? Um, Did you watch horror films growing up? I went to Danny Hulley's house in third grade. And Mike Hulley put on VHS back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the name of that movie? It was 80s. Keith or Sutherland. Oh, Lost Boys. Lost Boys. Lost Boys. Wrecked me for years. Is that a horror movie? I've never seen it. Yeah, vampire stuff. Yeah, I mean, and I think that... What were you afraid of after that? Getting lost? Not handicapped children. That was Silver Bullet, but what was in Lost Boys? I don't know, just like teenagers and suburban places. I don't know. Your life. Yeah, my life. No, it was just uh, crazy. Um, I would say... So your parents said no horror films? No, I don't know. I don't want to... I had a very funny... Actually, speaking of the focus inventory, we were talking about the parenting section of the focus inventory came up with Haley and Brian. Uh Uh-huh. This couple to get married in 10 days. 
and it was me and my parents doing the focus inventory and I was like ooh this is a little awkward so they're talking about parenting tactics and what we did wrong and other things we did wrong and I was like ooh and I was like this is probably the first time ever that a focus inventory has been evaluated by a priest and his parents so they were pretty my dad had this like sixth sense growing up this is going to be very kind of autobiographical but he would come down at the most inappropriate part of any movie we were watching every dad has that so we would go to blockbuster get the movie yep come back and then we put it in and then at that most awkward moment yep like there's one scene in animal house yep no there's like five but well Uh there's one in particular that Yep. It's just like mm-hmm. he literally could sense the exact moment and he'd walk downstairs and he'd say, turn that crap off. And we'd be like, ah, did he say crap? No, he said yeah. something else. I, I, that's yeah. pretty much what my dad would say. Right. It would usually followed by turn that beep off mm-hmm. and followed by not in my house. Right. Exactly. So the point is that we seem to have access to these movies and then they would come down periodically right. for the most inappropriate moments. Uh, but I think that I don't know. I don't like horror films. Not a fan. Do you have like logical or theological justification for why you should not watch horror films? I think there's an obsession with um, mm. with evil, okay, that's fascinating, and it gets played out in a lot of these films. Yeah, how many Saw movies do you have to freaking make? I mean, it's like it's crazy. What what? But what is so captivating? Why do they keep? They wouldn't keep making these movies if it wasn't for uh, the one that really disturbed me the most was this Circle. What was it called? The, ring. Oh, the, the ring. ring. That like disturbed me for. So, Lejoie, would you say that The Ring is a horror film or a thriller? I would say it's a thriller, as was labeled at King Supers when I worked and shelved it. But it's not <laughs> so much card. a horror like a lot of the horror movies. In that, you don't see that many things that are that graphic. Yeah. It's about the suspense and what you don't see. No, I respect that. I, it's a horror movie as well. But, but So we got into a little bit of trouble two weeks ago when we podcast together because we weren't defining our terms. Okay. So that's what I want to do. Did you ever listen to the Chris Lebsack episode with Andrea Plato? Oh, yeah. Okay, we need to define our terms. terms. <laughs> so what is the distinction between a so thriller and a horror film? I would, I would say film? that thriller films tend to be more psychological without showing as much of the graphic gore or like violence. However, it it creates a primal sense in the person viewing of fear mm. and terror. Whereas the horror film, um, instead of it instead of the thriller being the anticipation of that, the the horror film would actually be not only the anticipation, but actually the consummation of the I got you. And right. in whatever manner, like I've I've cut you, I've sawed you, I've bludgeoned you, I've stabbed you, I've shot you, I've burned you, I've buried you. We get the point. Thank you. Yeah, that was quite the list. Sorry, I was. What are we talking about? <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, like there's a point in most of these horror films in which you actually see like the violence played out on the person, right? Whereas I would say most of the time in thriller films, it's more of like you, there's the possibility of it, and maybe you see some of it, but it's not like continuous violence. Right. Um, so I think both of them touch upon something of what you said, which is the obsession with the, with the, uh, with evil. Right. And it's not just evil, it's, 
um, and this is just the this is just a raw first cut here theologically trying to kind of flesh this out. Evil is a mystery, right? As Christians, we really believe that original sin is a mystery, which means that it can't be understood, and it's not a problem that some kind of political or economic or social reform can just get rid of. But it's it's a mystery in the human condition that only Christ can resolve and only does resolve, but even resolves in a, in a, in a way that transcends our understanding of it. So there's a fascination yeah. with evil because it's mysterious, especially in a time that has um, kind of our modern world has attempted to dissolve mystery, but we it's in us. We want it, right? Yeah. Like we want to experience something of mystery and even of passion. We want to feel fear because we don't feel anything because yeah. we're on our iPhones all day and we're going to our jobs and we're living in this, hot this yoga. technocracy and we're going to hot yoga, but we're... So yeah, there's even kind of a Buddhist, um, kind of a Buddhist Stoic worldview yeah. that says, you know, have nothing to do with love. That was in my mind today. We were at a funeral today this morning. Yeah, uh, when the Buddha says that, have nothing to do with love; it only leads to greater suffering. Goransky would always quote that. So we've we we've created a, a postmodern culture that's rejected the Christian claim, mm-hmm. but is emptied us of our ability to feel things. So what do we do? We play on this primordial mystery called evil and we create unbelievably fascinating and profound ways to affect that affectively yeah. in our emotions and it creates millions of dollars of um, income for yeah. some people well it's interesting because the the mystery of iniquity begins in the garden which is a, a true violence without any shedding of blood because it's the greatest fall of mankind, the greatest act of evil, purest evil, I would say, um, till the you know the the death of Christ, which is which is different. Um, but the initial fall isn't murder; the initial fall is pride, um, and then after that you have the devolution into mm. uh, fratricide, yeah. um, and then all sorts of you know homicides, rape. Uh, violence between persons, cultures, etc. Um, but the initial evil that we kind of meditate on is what led people to revolt against God. It wasn't just it wasn't just God is this this monster or something, but that's exactly what the devil made him into. Do you have a comment, Mister Acres, Father Acres? Sorry, blindsiding me here on this. He just likes passing the mic. Yeah, just likes passing the mic. Um, well, also the the sense of uh, I'm kind of building off what John was saying that uh, a desire for um, reenchantment in a way is a kind of so mm-hmm. the sense of that uh, um, coming from a world uh, centuries back in which daily life was kind of impinged upon by various influences, both good, you know, kind of supernatural, preternatural. Uh, you know, angels and demons and spirits and all these kinds of things, um, and that uh, opened us up to um, something beyond just this kind of dry, cut and dry human plane. Uh, and so then now we have to have this sense of uh, this um, this evil, this horror, which is unexplicable. It's unstoppable. It's um, so mysterious and dark, and in a way irredeemable. It's uh, um, kind of that sense of uh, um, a transcendent evil, 
which is so much easier to depict and so much easier to put on the screen than uh, an unstoppable mm. transcendent good, right? That that is um, ultimately attractive and ultimately based on love. I think you know Plato notes that it's it's much more easier to depict vice than it is uh, virtue. So wow. yeah. so that sense of of uh, an experience of something more than um, the uh, you know the world of the five senses and the three dimensions. Uh, it's much easier to get that out of a depiction of evil than it is out of a depiction of good. Like how many uh, horror movies are there compared to movies about heaven and how much yeah. um, how much more money they make and really how hard it is to make a, a depiction of something like heaven that's not cheesy that's not um, uh, just kind of a lot of platitudes and. Right. Um, and uh, that what uh, building off what you said that the desire for for um, to be something to be awakened in us that's not just um, the normal day to day humdrum life that we have. Yeah, and there's a there's this driving bloodthirst in in persons that's not just found in horror films, but like as we were talking about before, like even in news stories, and like people were watching like videos of of the Vegas shooting and just like, oh man, that's crazy. But like, why did you want to watch that? Why did you want to, in some sense, savor that experience? Um, And I think part of it is we become so desensitized to the reality of persons that it's just like, this is just another video. It's just like, you know, where the Christians getting beheaded in Syria and it's just like, how could people watch that and and, and feel like uh, that actually made me better, so. I liked what uh, Father Lejoie was saying at uh, our coffee date about escalation. You want to say a thing about escalation? See how I prepped that before I just gave him the microphone? <laughs> oh, you're so good. Well, Go ahead. One you're of the, so evil. <laughs> the escalation is you're always trying to chase that first high or that uh, a deeper scare. And when you were mentioning the garden, I was thinking of this painting I saw in Minneapolis. Uh, after we left Chicago from IPF at Mundelein, I went up to see my brother and sister-in-law and nephews, and I went to the art museum because I had a few free hours in Minneapolis, and they had a painting there that, I took a picture of the, the name card so I could look it up again, but I'd never heard or seen of a painting of this depiction, but it was Adam finding the, bottle, the body of Abel mm. in the garden. It was just Adam stumbling upon Abel's dead body, and just going to the garden, um, that was the most shocking thing after the disobedience to God. And with the escalation, we're always looking for a deeper scare, something more shocking, something more horrifying. And that's what I've been mentioning to you last night and then today, I think, about um, where horror movies, even beyond horror, are going. They just need to make it worse and worse. And Saw 1 was very creative and inventive in its own way, but then suddenly there's Saw, what, 8? I think they ended at 8. And then you have to just take it deeper and deeper and further and further. And what you said, John, Father John, about, um, well, I forgot exactly how you worded it, but you're always trying to get uh, something more or to try and be shocked out of your numbness. Um, We kind of want this response, uh, and one of the only things we're looking for is what can finally shock me after I've been shocked and horrified by so much in life? Is there something that can still shock me? And there are just some people, and this was me looking at a lot of horror movies 
especially before seminary and becoming resensitized and desensitized and resensitized again, can something still shock me, terrify me, provoke this reaction when, for the most part, what I feel is nothing? That's good. He's got the Garrison Keeler voice. That's what it is. That's right. It's like where the women are strong, the men are good looking, and all the children are above average. Like Wolbegun. I uh, would just add to the, uh, I think that's a great point about escalation. I was talking to Andrew Polito, our friend. Friend. Recently, um, about this point. She works at Children's Hospital, and Children's Hospital in Denver has introduced that they are going to do uh, gender therapy and kind of re-manipulation um, all the way down to age three. Yeah. And one of, I mean, it's shocking, and they're very proud of being kind of one of the, like kind of the new, you know, pioneers. children's hospitals, pioneers of, yeah. in this field. This is devastating. It's going, it's going to destroy lives from our perspective. But what was interesting was Andreas tied it into what you were saying about, it's like, it's like we have to do something novel. We have to do something new. Mm-hmm. We always have to push beyond. And this ties into kind of the whole modern project, which is just if, if you reduce the world to human achievement and it's all secular humanism, then it's all about what we can do. And we have to be the next pioneer doing the next thing, pushing beyond that. And you just stop thinking about, was well, this actually good? Is this a fundamental good? And I think that escalation mm-hmm. plays out in Hollywood of like, you got to push beyond. You got to make yeah. the next saw or the next movie. It has to be gorier crazier psychologically more more, conf- mani- more manipulative yeah like you just have to and, and we just keep pushing 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 and terror and the whole media the whole entertainment industry is kind of fueled by this and so i think that escalation is actually a really interesting word to just name it but also a kind of a scary reality yeah second point to yours uh, I, I would put the word voyeurism around it mm. which father dave nix accused this entire podcast pod- project of being fueled by voyeurism at one point Voyeurism is where you're you. you're perceiving into things that you shouldn't see, right? You 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 huh. have access to things you shouldn't see. So he was saying that that them listening in on a conversation was. Oh yeah, so it's just okay. we're just these kind of like huh. rogue, emotionally manipulative, kind of like a blog, right? We just kind of like a blog everything. that somebody would have. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, <coughs> anyways, we'll, we'll uh, move on to that. All but, right. But the um, but the point is, voyeurism is real in the human heart. We want to push beyond it. Like, look at look at the whole the whole underpinning of the pornography industry. It's all about voyeurism. I want to see that which I should not be able to see, that which I'm not privy to, or grasp, yeah, or grasp. Mm-hmm. I want I want to, I want control over it because if I can experience it, then I have power. Yep. What is driving that? I think it's the despair of real experience. And as we were sitting at this funeral today, mm. there was a very a very I was very moved by this this morning. Archbishop Aquila um, gave a really beautiful homily at the death of a, uh, kind of the sudden death due to cancer of a deacon, Deacon Don St. Louis. And there was probably a hundred deacons there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Father Nathan and I were there, a number of priests. I was there for my dad. This was his formator. But I thought how different this is to people who are actually moving. Because in the culture, the larger culture, they're actually kind of moving beyond funerals. Like they're not even doing yeah. funerals anymore. It's, it's uncomfortable. Just, it's just right. Just get rid of the body. Yeah. Our grandkids are not going to be able to deal with it. This right. This is actually real. This is actually real. And yeah. I thought, and he said yeah. that right at the beginning. Right. He said, he said, it's moments like these in which we have to confront death that we cling ever deep, more deeply to our faith in Christ Jesus's resurrection. And I was like, that's a beautiful way to yeah. begin. Yeah. And I'm going to steal it. And I think that that's the that's 
tied to the voyeurism. That's fueling the voyeurism. Yeah. It's not just we have this innate kind of weird, disordered desire to see things that we we're, we're not really privy to, but we're desperate to see things that we're not privy to because right. we're not actually dealing with the real things of life yeah. day and to I, day. And I would say it's actually um, an inversion of the beatific vision because there's a difference between hearing something and like kind of perceiving, like when you walk into a darkened house and it's like, this is kind of eerie or whatever, or you hear something as opposed to like a haunted house or like a movie where there's horror, where it's just like, and then all of a sudden, like there's a vision, there's a sight of something that you can't shake. Whereas the beatific vision is going to be incomprehensible, but Mm. not like in the way that evil is according to us, but rather like it'll be so beautiful that we cannot help but be attracted towards it. And there's something about this bloodlust that I think people just can't get enough of that I think my recommendation, reason why I say this is Stranger Things, I, I said walks that fine line between like thrillers and there are some moments that I was like, didn't need to see that. So I'm not just giving carte blanche like Stranger Things, show it to your kids, whatever. Especially there is some very lascivious scenes in the first season that I was like, that was completely unnecessary and sick. Like um, both sexual violence and physical violence. You're upset because Barb's gone. Barb's gone, right. And that that montage, that yeah. kind of back and forth, that was very telling but at the same time, it was it was something that that disturbed me. Right, and we have to be able to articulate in ourselves what is disturbing me, what is causing sort of the storm within me. Right, because if we just consume all these things and don't uh, process them, we either with you know our friends or you know like you know different mediums. I don't know, like you have book clubs or movie clubs. Then it's just like I'm just continuing to take things in right. and not thinking about it. That's the reason why I said I can't I can't have Netflix. So just good caution. Here's the scriptural kind of point that I want to bring up. And then we gotta go because I gotta go to mass. I know that. That's why I'm concluding Thank the scriptural you. point. <laughs> I wasn't he sure. He does that. this. He does do you see this? It's a jump. Do you to see conclusion, this? Matt? Oh yeah. You put exactly. conclusions on it, and then you nice jump job. to it. You know how to you know how to sate my rage. Seinfeld quotes. No, that was Office Space. Thank you, oh, yeah, Garrison Keeler. Anyways, Isaiah thirty three fifteen. Uh, he that walks in justice and speaks truth, and that casts away avarice by oppression and shakes his hands from all bribes. He that stops his ears lest he hear of blood, and shuts his eyes that he may see no evil. He shall dwell on the heights. The fortifications of rock shall be his highness. Bread is given him. His waters are sure. His waters shall see the king in his beauty. They shall see the land far off. So the one who refuses to look on evil will actually be able to perceive goodness, uh, beauty, and truth. Mm. And then finally, um, Ezekiel 33.10. Uh, oh, come on. Where did it go? Oh, I say to them, as I live, says the Lord, I desire not the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, uh, O house of Israel. So I, I, I would just, I, I don't think that I would say at the end of this, absolutely not in no circumstances whatsoever, but be prudent. Like, wise as serpents, gentle as doves. Like, don't just allow... 
Don't just allow whatever to enter your house or your home or your mind, not just as children, but even as adults. Like, beware of, um, yeah, beware of uh, the evil that is out there, even truly in the world, but also the evil that's kind of made up, kind of uh, fictitious. Mm. But even consuming that, I think, has an effect. Mm. So, there we go. We're done. Nice job. Great job. You did Shout great. outs. Shout outs. Here we go. Do you have any? Seven year old Matthew Nissler. Matthew ah, Nissler. The Nisslers. Exactly. Ah, this yeah. is Jake Nissler's nephew. Nephew. Okay. So Jake Nissler was in seminary with both of us. You lived with him. Right? He's a mensch. He is an uber mensch. Uh, Father Stephen, did you live with him? Um, the um, uh, Jake Nissler is a extremely strapping beautiful man from montana if you ladies are on catholic match jake nissler at jake nissler loves puppies.com all right um anyways um jake nissler's nephew matthew so paul his brother and his wife monica had me baptize their baby daniel joseph their older brother matthew listens to the podcast he was the one that said you were really upset about that podcast and he was walking around the house unprompted by me singing Julia, Chris, Chris, Julia. So That's I thought funny. that was pretty cool. So and then he asked, "Do you mind if we do a podcast?" So I said, "Sure, go get your microphone." So he went upstairs and got one of those, you know, like those those you know kids microphones, you know, that plays like little sounds and everything. And he put it in between us, and I was like, "All right, you got to get some drinks now." <laughs> and we did a podcast <laughs> in his kitchen. It was amazing. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. We had some banter, and then we got to the topic. It's it was probably, cool. Yeah, probably faster than we did today. A lot faster. Yeah, that's good. Anywho. Nissler so, family. Yep, they're the awesome. Nisslers. Wonderful people from Helena, Montana. All right, I got a shout out for Meg Lyons said her uh-huh. roommate from Rwanda, Joanne Ingram, uh-huh. uh, listens to the podcast. She was very surprised to hear that. So, Joanne, thanks for listening to the podcast. And then I got an email from Julie Escobar, as they say. Julie Escobar. Monterrey. Julie Escobar. She survived a summer of totus to us with Ryan Kent. That's a tall oh, order in itself. Yes. She's now, I think, doing youth ministry, maybe. St. Peter's Catholic Church in Memphis, and she said there's a bunch of seniors who listen. So Claire, Caroline, Susan, Drew, and the rest of the teens at The Thing, St. Peter's Youth Program. Thanks for listening to the, the podcast. The Thing? Yeah, The Thing, I know. The last one I would say is uh, Trevor Lantine. Do you know him? Yeah, yeah. Lantine? Uh, Lantine. Lantine. Yep. He has friends. Uh, so Trevor's one In of Lander? Not in Lander. These people are in North Carolina, and they're probably on their evening walk after dinner. Janet and Steve Schmerber. Schmerber. Do you know the Schmerbers? So they're taking the evening walk. I had schnozberries, but never schmerberries. (laughs) These Schnurbers taste like Schnurbers. Hmm. Okay. That's it, though. That's, That's our podcast, folks. We have successfully accomplished our goal. Thank you for listening. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat some more of those Cheetos. Nope. And uh, thank you again. You gotta for, go for say mass. Kath, oh, I didn't. Okay, good. Oh. We're good. We're good. We're good. I didn't touch him. Don't lick no your fingers. No tendre. Catholic stuff podcast at gmail.com. Father Steve, thanks for being Happy here. Happy anniversary. His Father birthday Joseph tomorrow. Garrison Keeler, thanks for being here. His Sorry. birthday tomorrow. How old are you tomorrow? Thirty-four. A little pup. A little wee pup. pup. Father Nathan, we'll get to that focus inventory. We'll publish the. Uh, the results. results. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Congratulations to Molly Tynan for her Buttersworth Award. We're so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> see and you later. Tim Banner. We'll see you next week.